0: Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you, and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because She Who Moves Forward Fiercely is She Who Wins. Today's podcast episode is extra juicy. My guest is Deborah Kagan. She is a speaker, an author, a mentor, and get this one, a mojo recovery specialist who supports you to live a turned on life. Her new book, Undressed, an invitation to claim your erotic nature is being released by my same publisher, Urana World, in October uh, October 24th. She is the best-selling author of Find Your Me Spot, and she hosts the Real Undressed podcast. She is just a firecracker. She is sassy. She is energetic. I call her a friend, and I'm so excited to have a sensual conversation. Let me introduce you to Deborah Kagan. Deborah, welcome. I'm so excited to chat with you today.
1: Renee, I'm always happy to be with you. It just makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> We've spent a whole bunch of time together lately. You were you were so kind as to have me on your podcast, and we did a live talking about my book. And now today, we're going to be talking about your book, which comes out very, very soon. But before yeah. before we get there, let's learn a little bit Um, about who you are I've already recorded and people heard the intro about all of your amazingness but now I want to like peel back the layers Mm. and understand like what motivated you to do the work that you do so let's start with your divorce (laughs) because of course that was like the 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 thing when I read it I'm like oh after she got divorced she Mm. did something kind of crazy for a year so I'll let you tell the story.
1: Yeah. You know, so it was that moment and this is, oh, 25 years ago almost now at this point, where at the end of that marriage, I really got to this space of, uh, oh, where is my mojo? Where is that life force? Where is my connection to my delicious, you know, feminine erotic aliveness? And so what I did was I made, sh- I made a decision and that was to dedicate myself to really learn whatever it was, and I would do whatever it was going to take to truly embody who I am as a woman fully. So from like mindset to being in my own skin and being super comfortable to being fully self-expressed to having a home space that that really reflects all of who I am as well. And ultimately this got, uh, built into my business, the rock your mojo brand. And so these sort of four pillars of mojo, but it all, you know, my whole work, even prior to that, where I I was working in the metaphysical world and had an entire business, uh, that was feng shui consulting, which started in 1996 before anybody really knew what the heck it was. Um, and, you know, so I've, i been involved in the healing arts, but there was this missing piece of who are you like, meaning who are you as a woman in terms of all of the, uh, the, the essence, you know, and the, the, the power of who you are as a woman. And, um, and what I realized is that my whole life experience has been based on, uh, you know, my own trials and tribulations, and that has gotten poured into the work that I've done since day one.
0: Mm. Okay. So when you said something that then it just, um, I, it kind of jumped up for me. If someone who's listening, it's like fully expressed. Well, what does that mean? Like, what is, what is the definition of being fully expressed?
1: Fully expressed is when you, there's really no holds barred. It's where you wear what you want. You get to say what you want. You write what you want. You read what you want. You, you know, you are, you are the epitome of your truest expression. So, you know, so often we're like, oh, I don't know if I can wear that outfit because it might not be either, you know, appropriate or someone might make fun of me or it's too bold or it's too this or it's too that. Well, if you're doing that, then you are not being fully self-expressed. And, and I say this, of course, within the context of being fully self-expressed, when as long as you are not hurting anybody else and you have consent, if you are involving anybody else in your <laughs> self-expression, all right? Some people, well, really, I mean, some people might take that, you know, uh, uh, into a way where it would be detrimental to somebody else. Barring that, um, It is, you know, it is about the, uh, from the inside out of choosing to be you in all moments. And so again, this can be through, uh, the clothes you wear, the makeup you wear, the jewelry that you choose to wear. So that sort of exterior expression. And then there's the energetic expression also because so many women, and you know this from, I mean, my gosh, you wrote the book on it. It's like so many women hide and they're trying to, you know, shrink. its We've all had moments where we're trying to shrink ourselves and be smaller and be pleasing and not upset, you know, whoever or whatever. If you're doing that, you are not fully self-expressed, right? So it is... uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, from the inside as well as the outside.
0: Do you think that um, do you think the journey to get from say your 21 to mm. your 40s or 50s and get finding that full expression just has to do with age? Like <clears throat> do you think that someone in their 20s can be full can truly be fully expressed or is some of that unfolding a product of us having a well-lived life?
1: I love this. And I, I, I actually, I think it can be both, right? It really depends on the individual. Cause I know some, I know some phenomenal women in their twenties and early thirties that are deeply, deeply self-expressed in, in ways that I actually get awed by. Cause I think, wow, yeah, it really can happen when you're younger. Wow. Um, and as those women, too, as they age and as they will just continue on in life and have more experience, there will be even newer and probably more profound layers of self-expression that they too will discover. So, I believe, yes, you can have it at a young age. And if you stay on an awakened path and if you are somebody who is um, interested in personal development and you know your own evolution, it will continue to unfold.
0: Have you always, I mean, you're a sassy, you're a firecracker, like you were just a hot shit. Like, have you always been that or has that been an evolution as well?
1: You know, we could call it like, I'm, I've got a lot of fire in my astrological chart. So it is, uh, it is baked in, <laughs> it's baked into the recipe, right? But um, it also is something that uh, continues I think to develop and the more and more comfortable that I continue to even get in my own skin, that sass is unobstructed, right? So I think when I look back and when I was younger, and certainly as a teenager, there was a lot of it that was this, yes, there's this sort of baked in sass and this baked in mojo. However, the expression of it was coming through a lot of pain and a lot of trauma. And so that, You know, that kind of sass, I would call it, that's like a masked sense of sass instead of an actual true expression of the sass. So the true expression of all that fire and sassiness in me has, I think, um, been a product of my many decades of personal development.
0: Yeah. And it's because it's not just a a one shot, right? Like it's a journey. And I think that, I mean, I'm on this road too, and I can see the different seasons, where mm-hmm. it's just like layers and layers of unfolding happening.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, also you know, when we're younger, most of us, right? We're we're still very much, rightly so. I mean, we're connected to our egos, and we're figuring out our yeah. egos. And our ego is like that first layer expression. And so that sas that is more of an ego based layer. You know, okay, that's there, and we all kind of go through that. But then when you get to a real holistic sense. Mm -hmm. of who you are and that kind of self-expression that's actually when i mean i'm gonna just call it mojo right when that mojo actually becomes so much more um rooted i find delicious even more magnetic and you know it's like that age-old thing right where you say hey it's like fine wine (laughs) keeps keeps getting better baby i love
0: that all right all right let's talk about sex Because this is, this is, this is your topic. This is your topic. How important is
1: it? Sex is intensely important. I mean, here's the thing. We all got here because there was some sex that happened. (laughs) And and we forget that because nobody really wants to think about, oh yeah, my parents had sex, right? But the fact of the matter is we all got here based on that. And even in our modern day where if, you know, there's some great technology where, hey, that that the embryo is being made in a lab, there's still sex happening between that sperm and that egg. It's happening. So everybody got here because of this beautiful, you know, explosion of a sperm and an egg that basically had sex with each other. Sex is important in terms of Having a connection with your own life force, having a connection with your own sense of pleasure, you do not have to have, you know, no, I'm not saying, hey, everybody, you have to be having sex, but having a connection to your sexual energy. Now, let's just clarify that for a second. And so sex is, yes, it is the act, is the physical act of, you know, intercourse. And again, intercourse, we could define in numerous ways, but it's, you know, when we are, in a, uh, a sexual act with another, whether it is penetrative sex or whether it is, you know, other um, acts around that, okay? Sexual energy, that's life force. That's what I call mojo. Yogis call it prana. Uh, you know, the um, martial artists and Tai Chi and Qigong, they call it chi or qi. People in Europe call it life force and some of them call it sexual energy. Fabulous book called Think and Grow Rich I'm sure you've read it or heard of it or yep. know it, right? So Napoleon Hill, there's an entire chapter yeah. dedicated to the transmutation of sexual energy.
0: And no one talks about that section.
1: I, I, <laughs> I, I know, I do. And it's it's so important to understand it because it's not about the sex. So you asked me how important is sex? It's important. Um, it is not as important as your connection to your sexual energy. Because that sexual energy is something that you can be moving and uh, working with on your own. You do not need to be having sex to activate that sexual energy. This is so much of what I teach all the women in my mentorship programs and workshops and retreats that I run, how to activate that life force and really feel comfortable with it in your body. Because we're not taught this in school, we are not, you know, uh, you, there's nobody out there saying, Hey, like, let's start to get that sexual energy moving in your body. It's like, there's, there's a lot of shame around it because of this confusion and the collapsing of sex and sexual energy. They are two things. Hopefully they combine, <laughs> but a lot of times that people are having sex, that doesn't have a lot of sexual energy connected to it, hmm. which is really fascinating. Right. Um, so to be consciously aware of our sexual energy and to know how to navigate and how to really use it like it's volume dial, because there are some moments we might not want to be like super juiced up and jazzed and magnetic and like very, you know, all of a sudden glittery and alive and all and, and, and that kind of thing. For instance, we were just talking about, I think, traveling before. We uh, we started, and I don't like to walk through an airport, you know, with like my sexual energy on, you know, a hundred plus. Too many people. <laughs> it's just like too much. So wait a
0: second. What does that look like? What is what, okay? Let's break this down for a second, because now I want the visual. Like yeah. I want you to walk me through, like create the visual of you walking through the airport with your sexual energy turned on and with it turned off. Like what's the difference?
1: Okay, so with yeah. it turned on. Face is bright in terms of big smile, big eyes, really super open body, right? Shoulders, back, like walking super, super confident, looking around at people in the eyes, right? You can just have that sense of like, woo, I am here, baby. I'm alive. Like, let's go, right? Like you can even feel it, right? As I'm talking about it. And by the way, if you want to walk through the airport and do that, go for it. For me, I am very um, uh, very particular about my energetic hygiene. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there are just a lot of unknown factors when you walk through big public spaces like that. So walking in with your, your mojo and your energy a little more dialed down, that simply means it's not like all of a sudden you get scowly and in a bad space. You can still be very pleasant, but there's like, It's almost like there's an imaginary cloak over you. So you still can walk confidently. Your shoulders can be back. But like your energy is more, think of it as it's like going down your body and out your feet. Okay. Uh So there's this line that's moving down and out. And so there's a rootedness and a confidence about you, but it's a little more stealth when your mojo and that life force energy is dialed up and it's going out, right? It's more that that energy is like a bright sun that the rays are going out in all directions, okay? And so that's really, so that's that difference. I still say hello to the TSA people, right? <laughs> I'm still very pleasant, but it there's a just, a, it's a little bit more reserved, Hmm. Mm.
0: Okay. All right. I can, I can, all right. I can feel that. Yeah. But is there a connection to, cause I, I also hear when you talk about this, um, I think of like introverts versus extroverts. And I think of like, well, extroverts, that's who they are. They're big and they're open and introverts are a little bit more reserved. Is that not related at all? Or do you find that one type gravitates more towards that openness?
1: You know, I love that. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I'm totally an introverted extrovert. Um, oh, so, same. I yeah. Am too. yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. So it's also makes sense why I would want to be more introverted walking mm-hmm. through a giant, um, through the airport. Um, you know, it's interesting. You can extroverts just because you're extroverted doesn't mean that you're connected to your mojo. All right. You can be an extrovert and be loving connecting with people and all sorts of out, but you you might not be connected to a more holistic sense of your mojo in terms of a groundedness in that confidence, right? Extroverts can be very ego based people, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think they that can go hand in hand in terms of like extroverts and their you know their energy is just all out uh, great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that energy is connected to the mojo.
0: Okay, gotcha. I poured my heart, my soul, and even tears into writing a book that is a love letter to every woman I know. She Who Wins, the book, is for every woman who is told to smile, to quiet down, and to shrink themselves into their smallest version. It's for every woman who's trying to figure out what's next. It's for every woman who thinks this is as good as it gets. She Who Wins is for the good girl within who is ready to become the fierce female fighting to get out. Visit SheWhoWinsBook.com for exclusive free bonuses when you order now. You also say that there's a connection between sexuality and spiritual connection. Yes. Um, can, you, can, can one exist without the other?
1: I, I think not, because if we go on the basis, uh, and really this is a fact, and science has proven this now, that everything is energy. So if we're going to go with that, which again, science has proven it, so I say, hey, why not? <laughs> and metaphysicians for thousands and thousands of years have known this. If sex is energy... And if your spirit nature is energy, it's all the same. So why, how could one exist without the other? It's our, it's our minds that get in the way, right? So if we think, oh, well, if we have shame around sex, which of course, most humans have shame around sex, then we're going to think, okay, well, there's something maybe wrong with sex or my own sense of sexuality. So how could that be, you know, connected or in the realm of divine or, you know, of my spirit base, this is where things start to get confusing, which is why the first pillar of the four pillar mojo system I created is all about your mindset. We really need to begin to understand and have what I like to call a mojo licious mindset and recognize, yes, everything is energy. And so therefore, if you're having sex, it can totally be sacred. And when you're having a sacred moment that is, you know, very spiritual, it is infused with sexual energy. So it doesn't mean that you have to be having sex you know, to have a spiritual moment. And it doesn't mean that you, you know, have to be having a spiritual moment to be having sex. Yet they are absolutely intertwined.
0: Okay. So you spent a year celibate. I did. So how, how do you reconcile that? So you weren't having sex during that year. Like what, what came of that? How, first of all, I have questions though. It's like, why, why'd you do it? How'd you survive? And what did you learn from it? <laughs> <Let's> yeah. <go.
1: laughs> so, why did I do it? Because what was happening is my neurobiology was very, uh, was totally conditioned from the trauma and abuse that I experienced when I was uh, a young girl and then a teen. So, the first time I had sex, I was raped. And then from that experience, I, you know, you can get very hyper sexualized from that type of experience. Many people who go through that do. That was the direction that I went. And so all of that neurobiological conditioning was drawing a particular kind of man and lover to me. And I got to this place in my life, and this was post-divorce, where I was wanting something different, but my energy didn't know that, right? It was still locked in this neurobiological groove of the trauma and what that created. In my life, and so I went on this year. It was a little, kind of like a year and three months. It ended up being uh, of, in, some in of
0: five a, hours and 30 right, Five times. hours <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so you know, so what that did was it helped, and so it was a conscious choice because I said, okay, hey, I, something's got to give. And this one of my mentors recommended this at the time, and I kicked and screamed. Cause I do, I love sex. I mean, you know, it's very pleasurable when, <laughs> you know, and it's nice to connect in that way and, you know, flesh and all the deliciousness about it. And I said, okay, this will, this is what needs to happen. And I'm, I'm going for it. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't have a self-pleasure practice. That's a whole other thing. And there are some people when they choose to be celibate that will literally just be like no self-pleasuring either. For me, that was not necessary I actually took that year and three months to get into a self-pleasure practice that was incredibly healing and incredibly awakening. In fact, the seventh story in Undressed, the book, is about one of those moments where, (laughs) I mean, it it changed my entire life. And I really had an experience with the divine. So it was about like creating new patterns, you know, firing and wiring my body in a new way to up level what I was drawing in, in terms of a partner and in terms of a lover. So that's why I did it. Um, I think I answered all the questions <laughs> you, yeah, sure.
0: you, you you did.
1: <laughs> so I was like, did I miss something there? In that? <laughs> so,
0: so, but, but actually the follow-up question is, did you have an end point or was it just until you got to the place where you said it was like safe to bring someone in and trust yourself and know that.
1: So it was, so I got to that year point, which was the original prescription. And, um, and then I was talking to my mentor and, uh, And they said, Hey, it's okay. You know, you, you're free now to go and explore and experiment, but I actually wasn't feeling it. So that's why I kind of went these three months. And then what, what happened, it was interesting. Um, somebody did come in my life and we ended up dating, but did not have a sexual, uh, relationship. So it was this beautiful opportunity to start to draw in a different level of human and not make sex like the first thing on the menu, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what happened afterwards was the quality of partner and the quality of lover that that came into my life after this year plus of celibacy was undeniably different, undeniably different. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so let's talk about your new book, Undressed, Yes. comes out October 24th. So yes. very soon, just about a month. Yeah, And what was the inspiration behind writing it?
1: You know, this, this book, I've been kicking around for a little while, right? Um, meaning like 10 years. And there was a, a time that I started to write about sensuality, sexuality, vulvas, you know, vaginas, um, specifically mine. And I was doing a lot of (laughs) spoken word events in Los Angeles where I live. And, and all of a sudden I started to realize, hang on a second, these stories have, there's a deeper thing going on here. I wasn't quite sure what it was yet. And then like many things that have happened to me in my life and when things start to shift, I got what I call a shove from above. And I got a very clear message that, and a clear structure given to me for the book. And it was like, you are putting this book into seven sections based on the seven power centers of the body. And what I realized is the stories that I was starting to write were all experiences I had with these different lovers that represented the qualities and the experience Mm -hmm. of really turning on each of the power centers. And that's how it, the book started to take shape. Why did I even keep going with it? Well, because the more and more that I have worked with women over the years, the more that the whole concept and and the content around sex and sexuality, no, nobody had been giving them this piece where they're bridging what I call like mojolicious sex, where it is your sex and your spirit and really putting those in a context that is digestible, that is user-friendly, that makes it something that's enlivening and transformative. Mm.
0: And and you're doing it through your own stories.
1: Yeah. So the, so the seven sections of the book, um, the, each section starts with an overview of the power center, Now, why do we even care? Well, here's the thing. When you're starting to feel, if you're feeling like that your confidence is low and you're not feeling super comfortable in your body, well, that is your third power center, right? That's where you can look to. And if that's happening, you'll note, all right, well, my... This third power center is off. Okay, so how do I know when it is in harmony? And at the beginning of each of the seven sections, this is your guide to know when is the center working? When is it not? What is it, you know, kind of overseeing in my life? Then this is when the story comes in. It's like the get you in the mood, And what I have learned, and I have been in women's circles that I have participated in, and I have led countless women's circles and and programs and retreats and things at this point, when women get together, and certainly when they hear other stories from other women, this is how we can grow. This is how we can drop shame around our own stories. This is how we can start to accept ourselves more because women learn through osmosis. And I've always said I'm very open, like an open book. And now I'm literally an open book (laughs) (laughs) in terms of the memoir pieces. So I put those in there as, you know, again, to just share, hey, here's another woman's experience. And by the way, it's okay for you to go and explore and have some really fun sex and just find out what feels good to you, what doesn't feel good to you. So those are a little to get you in the mood. And that memoir piece, which I have heard from some early readers, Very inspiring. There was one woman who uh, blurbed the book. Actually, she said, I had to keep putting the book down because uh, it was just getting me so hot and turned on. I needed to go and like self pleasure.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Fantastic. I said, okay, great. Well, those stories are doing their job. But then at the end of every section, this is where it's your turn. And this is where Deborah, the mentor, comes in. And I walk you through uh, a sexual practice and a spiritual practice to be able to activate and get that power center online and connected to your mojo. And all of the practices, they are all written um, and really a transformation for you. That's a, it's a transmission for you, basically, that is, is to be experienced by you, for you, um, and you don't need a partner. If you have a partner and you would want to experiment at some point with the, the practices with them, great. But they're really meant for you to do solo. So you can understand yourself, your desire, your, you know, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And it's, they're actually quite therapeutic,
0: I, I love that. So we have the same publisher. Um, Lydia is our editor. Um, we love Lydia. We, we love Lydia. I can totally see why she picked up that book. Like she, she acquired all of these very like empowering female books, but just with a different spin on it. And I love that. So um, I'm so excited to get mine. If you're listening, please, please, please go pre order Deborah's book. Um, pre orders matter. Um, we, as authors, pour our heart and soul into our books. And, um, you know, it, it matters to have someone place an order, read the book share something that, you know, that resonates with you and write a review. So please do all of those things. I'll certainly be talking about it a lot leading up to your launch as well. Thank
1: you. Yeah. And cause it is, it's a vote. It tells the publisher, it tells the booksellers, you know, that we want this out there. And so it's, um, yeah. And also when you pre-order and you go to undressedbook.com, then there's a bunch of bonuses that I put together for you.
0: Oh, I have to ask about the cover. Like, I have to ask the inspiration for it. Is that you on the cover? It is. All right. So, mm-hmm. if, if you're listening, you're going to have to go over to Amazon and Google, like, put in the title and put in the cover, <laughs> so that you can um, you can see it.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's on undressedbook.com too, where you can also you know mm-hmm. choose your bookseller um, that you want to purchase from and then get the bonuses. Amazing. But um, yeah, you know because look, this book, it's, you know, an invitation to claim your erotic nature is the subtitle. And uh, and uh, obviously the title's undressed. And so I think, you know, we have been fed a, a lie uh, that from the beginning of time and from the Garden of Eden, right, that we women are mm-hmm. sinful and we are the ones, you know, that carry this um shame and that our bodies are shameful and that our desire is shameful and so on and so forth. So just to put it simply, the, the, the idea for the cover was a, a nod, an homage to to Eve um in the garden and, and us reclaiming our erotic natures, us reclaiming our bodies and really reclaiming our sense of the divine feminine.
0: Ah, I love that. I didn't know that about the cover. I love mm-hmm. that that rendition. Yeah. So um undress dot what so you said.
1: Undressbook.com.
0: Undressbook.com, on Instagram. What's your handle there?
1: Deborah Kagan.
0: So go give Deborah a follow over there as well. My final question for you is, what does winning mean to you?
1: <sighs> what is, it's, I love this. And there's hmm, so many ways I could go with it because I think, you know, really winning is, is when my heart and pussy are on fire at the same time. <laughs> really you know I, I, it's like cuz from there everything's possible
0: i i'm so i'm so glad you said that cuz i'm like she better say something like in orgasm or she's got to like yeah. like that i was expecting nothing less from you but you yeah. even leveled it up a notch <laughs> uh, yeah I, good
1: cuz i i mean and i read really, that was just truly spontaneous i was like what and so then and they just the that, that's amazing. The pussy speaks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I adore you. You are an absolute like light. Uh, I'm so excited for your book to come out. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me here.
1: I love being with you always. Thanks, Renee.
0: That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, And remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.